0: and welcome to enough wicker a podcast where we disregard our committed relationships and spend our evenings talking about the best show the golden girls i'm lauren and i'm sarah and today we're on the 14th episode in the series that was no lady
1: what is this a reference to do you actually know
0: i don't know i was wondering that too because i feel like usually you can kind of gather uh what like what the episode is about from the title but this is I guess maybe since Dorothy's not being a lady by seeing Mrs. O'Brien's husband. Um, yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> but I don't
1: know. I think it's like, yeah, that was like, that was no something. Like, there's got to be some sort of old timey, you know, reference. <laughs> I yeah. think that we just don't get because this show is over 30 years old. <laughs> movies from the 40s exactly exactly <laughs> that's my guess that's my guess but but anyway I really like this one I think uh it's actually really funny and very heavy and has um, a really good um, self-respect thread throughout which is really cool uh, what do you think do you like this one do you watch it a lot
0: yeah I like this one too um I feel like this one really strikes a chord like the perfect balance of being pretty Heavy and dark and and emotional, but also being really funny. There's a lot of um, laugh out loud moments in this one. Totally. And I realized uh, that, you know, my – I really like things that are really, really dark and depressing. Or (laughs) I like things that are, like, funny. And it's hard for me to like something that's in between. But this is, like, the perfect example of why I like this show so much because – it has a really, really dark, or not even, I wouldn't even call it dark, but it's a really heavy, heartbreaking moment with Dorothy yeah. and, and Glenn in the hotel, um, but they break it up because she storms out into the bathroom, and it's like the yeah. perfect time of her being like, oh my god, I walked into the bathroom when I was trying to have this dramatic exit, yes, um, exactly. and it's it just, it's like a perfect, it's like a symphony, you know, like the timing is perfect, and exactly. Ugh. Just the
1: best, but also like how many times have you been i don't know i I've certainly been in the situation, not this particular one, um but in a <laughs> yeah, you better where clarify you that. having i know right yikes um where you I was no lady uh but uh <laughs> where you're in a serious argument or a discussion and it's someone you're close to or whatnot. And there is some levity somewhere, right? Like someone says something stupid or something happens or like there's a fart or like, you know, there's like <laughs> something ridiculous. And and you would react the same way Dorothy reacts where it's like you acknowledge the levity, you like have a little bit of it, but it doesn't really break you from like the moment you're in, unless of course it comes like at the end of an argument as a diffuser. But it's not a diffuser. Like, like you said, it's a symphony, the way everything plays out. And it's so good. It's so good.
0: Yeah, I love it. Um, so I guess, also, I do want to talk about, there's, this is another time where there's two Glenn O'Briens. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this one, in my opinion, is the lesser of the two.
1: Yeah, it's true. He's a little rough around the edges. Good old Alex Rocco, who, by the way, was Mo Green on The Godfather, uh, where he got his eyeball shot out at the end of it
0: wow spoiler, what credits to like. <laughs> <of> this guy <laughs> what a real i know
1: um what a real g um no he um i i do think though it is like he is like this perfect like rugged gym teacher guy and he's he's kind of awkward he's got like he's like shoulder slumps even though he is like taller than the arthur which is great i mean he just like matches her in in a really good way i think for this particular episode
0: yeah yeah i agree. Um... So sort of to back up a little bit, uh, obviously, like, you know, we're going to get a lot into Dorothy and Glenn's thing that they have going. But, um, you know, we've talked a lot about everything that this show was so head on and so good at. And we even kind of like in um, the episode with uh, Jonathan Newman, we talked about I always refer to him by his character's name, which is horrible. But (laughs) um, (laughs) in in that episode, we talked a lot about how sometimes they do miss the mark. um, Oh, yeah. Like, you know, there's some little person jokes. But this one has... Two, I would say they're different, but there's two pretty big uh I know exactly yeah. which two you're gonna talk about.
1: So shall
0: I? Yes, please. Um
1: I will say that, you know, despite it being buried in the slur of the Irish, which is pretty typical of an Italian woman.
0: Yeah, that's of my guess we're
1: referring to, you know, Sophia saying asking where, you know, um <laughs> Dorothy met this gorgeous gym teacher. Um, you know, she says, "You know, he, I'm going out with a new man tonight. And he's not Italian. His name is Glenn O'Brien." And uh, somebody asked where she met him, and J. Sophia just goes, "He's Irish. You know, his name is O'Brien." Two to one, she met him in a gin mill. So, despite <laughs> despite this disparaging remark against the Irish people, I actually I, I was like, all this reminded me of was that I wanted to bring back the term gin mill from yeah. a bar. <laughs> But it's also inexcusable, Sophia. Knock it off. And then the most ridiculous one, which of course, again, reminds me of flashing forward to the chronic fatigue syndrome episode, is Rose with poor Mr. Yamamoto. Oh Oh my god. God. It's so cringy. Uh, I'd expect you to be polite and good at math. And it's like, I just picture this guy on the other end of the line just being like, son of a bitch. I can't hire this temp anymore, this uh, substitute teacher anymore. She's Having a marital affair with my gym teacher. And then also her roommates are racist.
0: Yeah. And also those are two. But there's a third one where Blanche is talking about. um,
1: Oh, oh, the right out of the gate. Yeah. It's very early.
0: Less than a minute. A
1: slave joke. (laughs) You're fucking right. How did I even like I literally have that at the top of my notes, but I was so excited to talk about gym though. (laughs) Yeah, Dude, I also feel like if Dorothy, Dorothy is not in that scene, right? Because she comes in right after to set up the Irish joke, but <laughs> but like literally, I feel like if she were in the room, like that comment would be checked
0: more, you know, by the girls, and it just slides on by. Oh yeah, definitely. And you know, I was watching this and I was like, oh wow. Um, so <laughs> so Blanche is great. Blanche is selling a car, um, and she boy i wish i had a car to sell (laughs) and she's basically saying like why she can't sell the car to rose and and she's like oh great granddad great i think it was great granddaddy i hope it was great granddaddy i know jesus yeah um said like there are two things you never sell to a friend a slave and a car and it is like because uh, if one of them quits working you'll never hear the end of it it's like oh, oh my god god. Oh my god,
1: come on now
0: yeah I mean we would definitely really have to do a lot of work and a lot of like <laughs> you know introspection on that um if this were now I I guess you know it really is it does speak quite a bit I think um to how much things have changed thankfully oh absolutely um, but yeah that's a And again
1: they're they're painting her as this like stereotypical southern belle of her time her family owns a plantation like it's ridiculous but it's also like it is several steps too far and it doesn't have the you know, like, the writers don't have that, like, like you said, like, today, there was be no way you'd have a, a full episode on that comment alone like, yeah. of our podcast to discuss it. Um, yeah, anyway. So I just anyway. wanted to...
0: <laughs> yeah, so I just wanted to acknowledge that, um, you know, sometimes it, it is revealed... Even the best. Yes, yes, it is revealed how old this show is. So, <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> Oof. Now Oof. that we got that off our chest.
0: Yeah. Um... So, yeah, I mean, I guess we should go back to, uh, Dorothy and Glenn. And I think that, um, you know, obviously Dorothy is, is the main focus, but what's interesting is that when she does pursue this relationship with Glenn O'Brien, who, you know, we, we know is married, um, the girls, including Sophia, I think all kind of react in like exactly the way you think they're going to react. I think they Mm -hmm. all sort of like stay in their lane, um, and we find out that Blanche has never had an affair with a married man, which I feel like, you know, in, in spite of her earlier comments, <laughs> um, you know, she has some some rules that she won't break, even though it's just because she won't get the best gifts. Um, yeah, you know. <laughs> correct. Correct. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it is actually a kind of a, a moral or ethical standing that she
1: kind of puts forth here, despite talking about slaves within 30 seconds. Um, so it's kind of, it's <laughs> kind of amazing for the Blanche character. Yeah.
0: Um, and Rose, uh, similar to how she acts, um, in a few, I think she does this behavior is sort of a pattern for her, unfortunately. But she's so judgy about this, and
1: mm-hmm.
0: she, oh, I think actually it's, it's later. I, I wrote this um, when Blanche's niece Lucy comes to visit. Visit. But oh yeah. Oh yeah. She's just so like judgmental and unable to. Um, Sort of have any empathy or, or see it from any perspective, but I think you know hats off to the writers because if Rose you know Rose wouldn't have be able to have any perspective on that um, totally so it, it totally makes sense.
1: Yeah, exactly and it's like you know I mean we've already made jokes about you know who's your father, Michael Landon and like she just has <laughs> is like she paints this idyllic picture of a childhood, but idyllic in the way that it's never been tested and it's very normative and there's no real actual struggle like this this episode is that heavy piece that you were talking about before this is a really complicated situation life is not black and white and you can't very much like most people like rose can't just cast off this incredible feeling when they fall for somebody like this because of this other moral piece right like that's the entire topic of the episode and i think it's really, very real
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, like, that is – it had to be Dorothy who had the storyline because you need somebody who you know has a very strong moral conviction that – and I think is also able to look at things objectively. Um, Yes. And – but, you know, love still gets her. Like, she can't – you know, she's not going to not do something because –
1: just because it's the
0: wrong thing to do, which I think is totally realistic and totally relatable.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, But, yeah. Yeah.
0: And this is also to, I know I'm jumping around a bit, but this is when Charlie is Charlie. Finally. Yes. Yes, exactly. Her only love that she's ever had. Not Charles, yeah. <laughs> um. So what do you think about this B story? Let's talk about the car sale situation. Oh, I
1: mean, it's just kind of a, you know, well, it's kind of set up in a terrible way, as we've mentioned already, <laughs> but uh it's, um, I mean, I honestly think, as I've already said, like the best line coming out of it is the, boy, I wish I had a car to sell. <laughs> it's just, it is kind of weak. Um, but I do, I do think it it plays off very well with uh Blanche and Rose's relationship and Blanche and Rose is coming at it so innocently, right? Oh, is this car's making this noise and all this. I mean, it's just hysterical. Um, But I do think it's a little, you know, it's a little over... It oversteps a little bit, and I guess it's a little early in, you know, in the series of how Blanche would actually treat Rose in general. You know, I think she would have a little bit more respect uh, for her for something as big as selling her a junk car. I mean, they live together for Christ's sake. It's not like she's not going to hear about it anymore.
0: <laughs> right. So. Yeah. I was like, you can't cheat someone out of a car when you live with them, but <laughs>
1: it's, it's fine. Ex- exactly. Uh, exactly. But I do
0: think it's, it's funny. It's light. I appreciate this one versus like when they try to do something more complex and, or write a B story that like no one cares about at all. Like this is a fun light yeah. thing to break up the, the heavier moments of Dorothy um, and Glenn O'Brien.
1: And I also, I always enjoy when they talk about cars, because it's just kind of weird. Like, you never picture these characters driving, <laughs> you know?
0: <laughs> it's a real thing. Blanche love cars.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, since we're talking about cars, can we skip to the end for a moment? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I really, really, I love when well, first of all, the going cruising yeah. is like the extra hysterical <laughs> thing, right? It's just like so eighties, so hilariously wasteful and so amazing. Um, but so, but I love that like they're about to go out there, and then of course Dorothy has just broken it off. She's really depressed. She's down, and then. Like, one by one, they all sort of make an excuse for, like, why they're not going to go cruising in the car, and then they just kind of sit with her at the kitchen table until she's like, this is depressing. Give me a break. Let's go cruising, you know, <laughs> um, which is so cute. But I, I, that also reads really true to me, especially, um, you know, having roommates for so much of my adult life and and roommates who I was friends with where like you know one of them you, you have may, maybe have a plan when you come home from work and you're going to go do something and then one of them comes home and has a problem because they're your friend like a lot of your shit just gets totally pushed over like well we're not going to do that anymore we're going to stay here and like figure out what's going on with you I could totally relate to that and it is extra funny that they're all like no no, no we won't do that really fun thing that we were just going to do it's okay <laughs> but they're being earnest like they do want to support Dorothy um, Um, and then of course you look to the person in struggle to give you the okay to like go do the fun thing which is really cute um so I like
0: it yeah it's such a nice moment um it reminds me sort of like less touching but uh there's sort of another version of that moment in a Christmas episode where you know Sophia says like she I think Sophia's the first one to say she's gonna stay and look at the tree and then they all do it but then Rose like forces them to sing Christmas carols but like brings it up um but it's a, it's a nice like nod to that but yeah I think I think, you know, the um, the overarching message of this episode is obviously, like, you know, respect yourself enough to know what you need and want. And, um, you know, like, it's I, – I think you – it's easy to say that, but I think it's much um, – you can really only – practice that in life if you have a support system and i think this just goes back to what we were saying a couple episodes ago like it's so wonderful to see the support system being a group of female friends like you know like i know there's a Mm -hmm. a mother daughter here but the core of that is that they're all friends and it is um it's so true to life and i think it's so refreshing to see a tv show that that's the main the the core of it
1: Mm -hmm. absolutely and it's interesting like you said before They all support her and will support her in whatever she does, um, despite Rose being horrified by her her (laughs) mid-episode decision to continue seeing Glenn. But, um, but, you know, like, like you said, what, what puts her over the edge isn't Blanche, you know, encouraging her to go for love because again, you know, in Dorothy's divorce, she's already struggled with her ex-husband, as we can see, you know, this is like another chance. This is the second shot of, of having a a relationship where she is a new woman. She's not the woman that, you know, Stan walked out on. She's not the woman that she was of 38 years of marriage, yada, yada, but also then Rose of like you know just supremely judging this is wrong it's flat out a sin you know all this kind of stuff but it's really you know because obviously she's feeling both of those the devil and the angel on her shoulders but like it's really her mother it's really sophia that just says she flips it back to dorothy and she is like you know i raised you to have respect for yourself so of course she plants that seed but she basically calls her out on her not actually being happy And I think that that's what's interesting. She just, all she does is hold up a mirror to how Dorothy's feeling herself as opposed to like telling her what to do. And then Dorothy immediately is like, you're right. Like I recognize it already. You know, I think that's that's awesome. That's like a very wise motherly thing to do or wise good friend to do is just to sort of reflect back. You know, that's like active listening, right? (laughs) (laughs) Reflect back like what the person is already showing you or telling you and and that's how she comes to the decision which i think is fantastic.
0: Yeah, and kind of um similar to that when after dorothy comes in from um having ended it with glenn she and sophia are in the kitchen and um Sophia doesn't, sort of out of character too, doesn't jump on her to find out what happened or, you know, whatever. She kind of yep. lets Dorothy tell her in her own time, um, which I think is similar to that. It's very, it's, it's good mother Absolutely. behavior. It's good friend behavior. It's um, also recognizing that like, yes, Dorothy should break up with him and she will, but also like, it still sucks. I think that especially- She says, I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. She actually
1: says like, I'm sorry. And I think that that's the most- like respectful thing to do in that moment
0: yeah I think if you ever had a friend or somebody close to you date somebody or be with somebody that you didn't like or you felt was wrong for them in some way and then it ended it's very easy it's it's honestly um I think it makes you want to be like oh yes like you know like I knew this that this person was bad and here all the reasons why but you shouldn't do that like as a PSA <laughs> you know, like, um, <laughs> right, eventually maybe there will be time to make those points but really the biggest thing to do when your friend is sad is to be there for your friend and I feel yes. like that's yes. what they do
1: absolutely that's exactly right I and mean, yeah it's like like you said later on you can make the arguments whatever it is and and the barest thing that Sophia says is like you know you kids get to be middle-aged you think you know everything (laughs) like like she's always going to be here to guide her and like you know it's just it's amazing and it's it's a very touching moment it's a very Uh, It's a lesson. Like you said, it's a PSA for how to behave when even if their situation thrills you to no end because your friend dumped the (laughs) shitty boyfriend that they had, like, you have to understand that they're feeling the hurt right now. You can make your, your logical, intellectual points later, but just be there for their emotions.
0: So. Yeah, and I mean that's it. Sophia obviously is like this beacon of wisdom, but also Dorothy's speech in the hotel room about oh, yeah. breaking up with him and saying like, "Yes, it. like I'll hurt for a while, but eventually I won't." It, I remember it speaking to me even before I had a real breakup. You know, in like seventh grade when mm-hmm. I like had broken up with my <laughs> two week long boyfriend or something like that. Like I was like, <laughs> but it it even hits me. the tragedy of your life. <laughs> exactly. Um, it even hits now. Uh, you know, I, I think like. Yeah as differently certainly but when you are an adult who's actually experienced heartbreak or who's been in one of a situation like this where like you just have to leave even though everything else is okay but you're not happy or you're not getting what you need I think that's one of the most painful ways to break up and I feel like she just captures it she really it's just a really really great speech
1: yeah, she nails it. And like you said, this can apply to any relationship that is just where, like, love is not enough, right? There's so much more that you have to have in a lot of situations. And a lot of times, like, it might be, it's not like you don't have that clean break where you're like, oh, fuck, yeah, I hate him. Or he cheated or she, you know, did this terrible thing to me or whatnot. It's like, it's it's gray area. <laughs> like, yeah. it's not... It's not a very easy break and you just have to deal with it with time but yeah but I love where she again the self-respect angle right she says I care too much about myself to let that happen like to to be the other woman and to like throw away her future I mean that's like that's a heavy ass line and that's sort of like when she says these lines it's like the thing that's funny is like I really have a lot of sort of empathy for the Glenn character in the beginning of the episode and then like moving through I was like oh you don't fucking get it (laughs) like she's just (laughs) she's so good like so much better than you and like just has her shit together and like I don't even know if you understand the concept of throwing away your future because you're doing that to yourself you know it's just like it's fa- it's fascinating it's it's so great and um I also like I said I can't I can't not hold second Glenn O'Brien in my head and like he's a, such a douche in that second episode he's like oh I don't know how to do my laundry I need another <laughs> wife and you're like, oh, my- God. so so i can't not so i can't not uh you know separate the two what does
0: an irishman know about cannoli <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um,
1: um
0: i do want to also to um of change gears a little bit um there's we have a very very funny um dorothy interrupting sophia before she can deliver something that probably wouldn't be allowed on tv with a ma um oh yeah and sophia's like i can't put my ear to the door but you can put your <laughs> ma oh my god it's It's so so good good.
1: it's it's like they're really getting into their groove of the interruptive piece it's fantastic it's so good that also comes oh my god there's that whole scene where she comes back (laughs) into the kitchen you know where she like my favorite is uh when like you know rose is is being (laughs) so awkward and again like we talked about before it's just really obnoxious how rose is being so judgy but she also again betty white plays it so well because obviously you can't be like a hated character you never hate Rose or th- you know think she's like totally off the rocker but she has this like she really does care about Dorothy and it's coming from a good place like she doesn't know how to express it in a way that's respectful because <laughs> she's so judgy but she really is worried about her and like it comes from you know so like it comes from a good place she comes back you know and she's like oh oh you spent you spent tonight at dinner oh that's <laughs> great to hear and she's like we spent dinner dinner we spent the night at a motel and <laughs> Rose <laughs> freaking out she's like a motel a cheap tawdry bare bulb den of iniquity and like she just is having like a fucking brain aneurysm over it and Dorothy goes we didn't drive to sodom and gomorrah <laughs> it's and so good so, oh my god it's amazing it's amazing i love it so much. Uh, and then uh what blanche is talking about um you know somebody that she knew was having an affair and and then she's like his wife shot him in the box of yeah. shorts <laughs> fantastic yet another like when we were talking about you know uh all of all of bong bonging yeah. everybody <laughs> at the country club it's like just another great substitute for not being able to say like real things on tv yeah
0: i really i do really like this one i feel like it's um like we were saying in the beginning like it is just such a there's so many really funny moments um and you know the the three we just went over are like kind of big ones but there's a lot there's a lot of little quips and stuff oh, which yeah. makes sense because Dorothy's feeling kind of judged by all of them even though Rose is the only one who's like outright expressing it so they're a little snippy yeah. um it's it's a good one i i love it
1: oh yeah well there's also uh there's <laughs> there's great Physical humor we constantly talk about the physical humor of in the very beginning when you know uh, rose' talking about when she met Charlie. <laughs> She's like I was seven and he was eight and it's like very clear she's about to launch into this huge fucking diatribe and it's like so obnoxious because it's childhood love and the Michael Landon and all that stuff and literally they're on the lanai and everybody just slowly sits back into their chair (laughs) to get comfortable and it's like I fucking love that scene. It's perfect. Yeah and
0: when Rose talks about um, she's talking about what happened to her wagon um, and Blanche (laughs) for some reason um the wagon was trampled and it's another one of those moments where Blanche is like Ugh, how was it trampled you know like she has yeah, to exactly, ask her, yeah. but she just she just like <laughs> nails the side. it's amazing i know
1: acts of story. <laughs> um also from a uh <laughs> i mean sorry we're skipping a- around because i want to go back to an actual genuine moment um well also i love uh, Blanche's like ooh over the gorgeous gym teacher comment. It's like <laughs> the like most sexual like little like tremble of a, of a lip there. It's fantastic. Um, no, but that going back to something very genuine and, and vulnerable is how vulnerable Dorothy is um, in the very first scene that we see them in a hotel yes, together. Yes, the daytime. She hear- yes, the daytime sex and like acknowledging that and just she's constantly like. B Arthur plays this amazingly. She's just like. She is cataloging how much she's, you know, not self-conscious about being naked in front of him in the daytime and all this other stuff, how she sounds, how she looks, all this other stuff and complimenting him and just like she's just letting herself be incredibly vulnerable, which is why like the come down and, you know, like just really like uh, hurts that much more. But I love that scene because, again, it's like it's just it's modeling the way to be in a relationship right if you're going to be in like be all in like and, and feel that for yourself like that's what that's what is building this episode up to be a real hard relationship to walk away from.
0: Yeah. I wrote that down too. It's, it's similar to the next scene in a hotel room um, with how genuine I feel like it is, but it is a very good description. I feel like of, of being giddy and falling in love and being in the first early stages of a relationship, but like marveling at how comfortable, but also how smitten you are with the same person. Um, And it sucks for her to have that and have to walk away. And I feel like that's why it, it, adds to this episode like it makes it, if it was just like some affair it wouldn't matter but it, we really get the impression that she's like falling in love with this guy um, and oh, that yeah. sucks totally
1: Whew. well you got anything else? I do not righty. well join us next time when we discuss a shockingly coincidental second incident of homicide by intercourse <laughs> <laughs> see you then